0: It was a great, successful week for Sports Business Journal in Los Angeles, and we ended it with the All In Conference on Thursday. Wonderful to see so many Buzzcast listeners. Thanks so much for your support. And this is your morning Buzzcast for Friday, April 21st. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcor. Thanks for listening. All In was held at BMO Stadium in Los Angeles, home of LAFC and Angel City. And it's a beautiful facility, and it was a memorable event with some powerful discussions. Of course, All In is based about improving and increasing diversity, equity, and inclusion. One of the founders of the Players Coalition, which is, of course, a group of current and former athletes fighting for social justice, is longtime NFL wide receiver Anquan Bolden, who spoke at All In about the origins of the effort and the impact it's made. Bolden is a quiet force, has real command, and he began his interview with SBJ's Reggie Walker by explaining how he had a dramatic shift in his thinking, driven by the death of a close family member in 2015. He said at that time, he knew he needed to get involved, and he joined with players like Malcolm Jenkins to launch the Players Coalition. Now, Bolden and other players eventually got the NFL in 2018 to approve a seven-year, nearly $90 million deal to fund causes considered important to Black communities, and their efforts continue to this day and they've made major strides at both local legislation and national policy. Anquan Bolden was just one of the many memorable speakers on Thursday. There were many takeaways about where progress is being made and where more progress needs to be made when it comes to the DEI efforts across sports. One speaker said of his own internal efforts at his organization, quote, think big, start small, Move fast, end quote. I wrote down that quote. I liked it. There was also a lot of discussion around people, community, and culture, and just how hard work in the DEI space is within an organization. Now, these sessions from All In are available to watch online, on demand, and I would thoroughly encourage you to watch them. And if you have any questions about how to access those sessions, just let me know. They will be well worth your time. Let's move on. There was so much talk about the strong sports city of Las Vegas during the World Congress. For example, how the F1 race in November is really seen as one of the most widely anticipated events this year. Well, now the city of Las Vegas could become even more compelling as the Oakland A's have signed an agreement to perch nearly 50 acres of land near the Las Vegas Strip with the intent of constructing a new ballpark in time for the 2027 season in Las Vegas. A's President David Cavill said the proposed ballpark would cost approximately $1.5 billion. It would hopefully be funded through a public-private partnership and located within two miles of both T-Mobile Arena and Allegiant Stadium. The ballpark would feature 32 to 35,000 seats and have a partially retractable roof. Now, this comes as the A's lease at the Oakland Coliseum ends after the 2024 season, so next season. And the team, as we know, has been in talks with both Oakland and Las Vegas, but apparently the team felt the pace of progress in Oakland was just too slow. And now the team has pivoted clearly firmly towards Las Vegas. Now, there's still some deals to be sorted through. It's not a done deal, but the A's did admit they are working with baseball to determine the best plan forward for what they may do for the 25 and 26 seasons if a ballpark is being built in Las Vegas. They don't want to be a lame duck in Oakland, but that may be one option. Another option is to play at Las Vegas Ballpark, which is a 10,000-seat venue where the AAA affiliate, the Las Vegas Aviators, currently play. So that's an option. Another option being floated is that they could share Oracle Park with the San Francisco Giants. But bottom line, it's clear, the A's are focused on Las Vegas. And while this is not a done deal yet, It's clearly their intent. The A's still need approval from MLB owners to relocate. They would need a 75% approval vote. Now, if the A's do leave Oakland, that city will have lost three major professional sports teams in five years, the Raiders, the Warriors, and possibly the A's. Let's move on to the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens have extended one of its most important sponsorship agreements as M&T bank will remain the team's naming rights partner for the Ravens home stadium for an additional 10 years through the 2037 NFL season. That is security. And that's a guarantee that every team likes M&T bank stadium has had that name since 2003, Before that, the stadium had a number of different names, and this is a big deal for the Ravens because now they've locked down their naming rights deal for the foreseeable future, and the extension comes as the state of Maryland has allocated $600 million for renovations to that facility. That should start sometime this year, and that's great Great funding and resources for the team to try to upgrade that facility. Now, remember, this stadium was called Raven Stadium at Camden Yards. It was called PSI Net Stadium in 1999. And now the team has had stability with naming rights with MT Bank Stadium on the building since 2003 and scheduled to be on the building through 2037. Let's move on to sports media because we have a new player in the sports rights market and sports media, and that is sure to make all the teams and leagues very happy. Scripps has landed its first sports rights deal by agreeing to carry WNBA games on Friday nights. This deal is said to be a multi-year deal with the WNBA overseeing production of all the games. Now, the deal has Scripps' ION Network carrying WNBA games on 15 Friday nights during the regular season from May through September. It will be branded as the WNBA Friday Night Spotlight on ION. Now, ION is available throughout most of the United States through its group of 44 owned and operated stations, and there are 20 network affiliates. So this is similar to the CW's deal with Live Golf. It'll give them national coverage. But again, this isn't a major broadcast network. It is a broadcast station and it is in many markets across the United States and Scripps might not be done SBJ's John O'Ran reported that it is still in active negotiations to pick up national rights from other sports leagues and it's also having conversations with several teams for their local rights so good news for teams and leagues that scripts seems to be a new player for sports rights And we will end with very big news around global events and soccer as the move by the United States and Mexico to launch a joint bid to land the 2027 Women's World Cup is major news. It also marks a shift for U.S. soccer and for many in the soccer community who felt that the U.S. was going to bid for the 2031 Women's World Cup. There was a lot of uncertainty Whether a bid for 2027 made sense because of the potential stress it would put on the sports marketplace, on the sponsorship marketplace, even on the fan marketplace. Think of this calendar. You will have the World Cup in 2026, U.S., Canada, and Mexico hosting games. You will have the 2028 Summer LA Games. And now the Women's World Cup could be right in the middle of those two major events in 2027. Think of that market for the sports business in the United States. U.S. soccer president Cindy Parlo Cohn said the federation believed it was a great time to go for the event as the U.S. hasn't hosted a World Cup since 2003. And I believe it's a smart effort To combine it with a bid from Mexico, U.S. and Mexico bidding makes the bid certainly stronger. It's good news for soccer and women's soccer by having this bid effort for 2027. But I am surprised, and it could be a major, major boon for the U.S. sports economy if they do land these games. Because it's no sure thing, as the event will face some serious competition. South Africa has announced a bid, Belgium, Germany and the Netherlands have announced a joint bid. Brazil has indicated that it will bid. So there's a lot of competition. We'll have to see where FIFA will decide to take these games. A decision on who will host the 2027 Women's World Cup is expected in May of next year. So some big news there about the global sports marketplace and calendar and big news around soccer. And so that is your Morning Buzzcast for Friday, April 21st. I'm Madcore, signing off from Los Angeles where I was here all week. Again, thanks for all your support. Thanks for attending the SBJ events this week in Los Angeles. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll speak to you on Monday.